Worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verses 1 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Father, thank you, Lord, for the wonderful opportunity you've given us as your church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be involved in the great and the glorious work of evangelism and discipleship, helping people to come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. What a privilege it is for us to be vessels through which you can reach, to touch people, to to draw people off the road to hell, on the road to eternity, eternal life, and on the road to heaven. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to be involved in this great work. Father, anoint us afresh with the spirit of evangelism and discipleship and help us as the church to be serious about this work and to know that every single believer in all the world is called to be involved in this glorious and very important work. Help us to be faithful to do just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Robertson. Rick is going to share a word of prayer at this time. Father, we come to you today, and we are so thankful for your precious Son, Jesus, your your Holy Son, coming to this earth to die a terrible death on the cross for us. Father, we rejoice in that today. We thank you for that. Father, we pray for our listening family with all the different needs out there. We think of those incarcerated who listen. Father, we pray you'll strengthen them, that you would give them courage, that you would watch over, that you would be the, the shield to them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We're honored and blessed to have with us in studio today Wesley Wildman. Wesley, of course, is the president of the, uh, excuse me, he's the vice president of outreach here at AFA. He's the son of our president, Tim Wildman, and the grandson of the founder of this ministry, the American Family Association. Again, Wesley, good to have you with us in studio today. Hey, thank you for having me on and let me be a part of this program today. Honored to have you here, and you're here to share with us some about a great program that's been going on for a few years now here through AFA, but one that carries out a critically important part of the work that we as the church and individual believers are called to, the work of discipleship, men of honor. So as we begin, Wesley, I'd like to ask if you'll further introduce yourself, and then let's talk about 
what Men of Honor and what the program is about and what its mission is. Yeah, so just a little bit more about myself. Uh, I'm married. I've been married for nine years to my wife, Chelsea. We have three children, six years old, four years old, and eight months old. And uh, we go. We have a, attend a local church, and we have for many years since we've been married. And uh, work here at American Family, uh, American Family Association, as you mentioned. I've enjoyed my time here. Papa started the ministry. That's Don Wildman. My dad's currently the president, and just enjoy being up here with a lot of Christians. And we've got a lot of uh, different ministries and opportunities, and we're trying to serve the Lord the best we can with the platform and the territory that He's given us. And one way we do that is uh, through men of honor. I have had and continue to have a huge heart for young men who do not have a um, a man in the home, a Christian dad in the home, to teach them the things that my dad taught me. And I know for certain, not only biblically, but uh, the statistics also show uh, that that young men who are not raised in a house with a with a mother and a father, and the father's absent, we see that they're four times more likely to live in poverty, to commit crime, to be incarcerated, to drop out of high school, to uh, abuse drugs. The list goes on and on and on. The negative consequences on as much as tenfold for those that do not have the father in the home. So we look around and we see that there is a big need for this. There's a huge need. We've seen the breakdown of the family for a variety of different reasons over the last 10, 20, 30 years, and we want to do something about that. We want to not just be hearers of the Word. We want to be doers of the Word here at AFA. So AFA has provided a solution for that in the program of Men of Honor. And Men of Honor is a eight-week program that we host here at our headquarters at Tupelo, Mississippi, we host it in the Don Wildman Center for Cultural Transformation. We uh, ha- we meet once a week every Tuesday during the month of June and July. And you can find out more, and you can register your son or your or your uh, nephew or your cousin. You can register them by going to afa.net slash events. That's afa.net slash events. You can go check that out and register and find out more details about the program of discipleship for young men. Joseph, we also have, for those that are listening, that are outside driving distance but are interested in this type of effort, we have taken the last several years and put that into a curriculum curriculum that's completely for free. So every time I talk about this, I get uh, just a, a, a flood of emails and calls that say, well, look, I like what you're doing. I, 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 want, I wish we could be there, but we're in Texas kansas arkansas and so now we have a curriculum and you can go to afa.net and look at the tab at the top that says resource so afa.net click on the tab resource and the free curriculum for men of honor is for you go there and check it out Mm -hmm. well you know it's good to know that just praise god for the opportunity to share resources that help people to do that and you know wesley i think of this fact that we live in a world that desperately needs to know Christ, and then once people come to know Christ, they need to be taught how to grow up and mature in their faith. And yes. We need only look in the news and see the great need for our young men and women to sure. come to know Christ. You know, we think of the tragic shooting that just happened a couple mm-hmm. days ago. Uh, 18-year-old young man killed several people, and just think, if someone had reached him with the gospel mm-hmm. and he knew the Lord— 
he might would be living for the Lord rather than yeah. s- serving the devil in the capacity you could see that he was doing. Sure. So the need is huge absolutely. for us to be reaching out to the youth of our culture. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir, absolutely. And we do so, if I could just give us, uh, our audience just a little bit of a picture of what you're uh, getting out of Men of Honor. So the boys would show up. We would have food and games and sports. And I'm a firm believer that there's so much you can learn from a from a biblical review in sports. You can learn to be on time. You can learn to be honest. You can learn to uh, put others before yourself. There's a whole lot that we can teach through sports. And I make that a point of, of, of the program. Then we transition into Bible time. We have a local pastor, either on, either on staff here at AFA or locally, to come by, teach the Word of God, encourage the boys to take good notes. Then we go to discussion time where we spend a, just a few minutes going over what we learned from the Bible. And then we conclude the evening with teaching the young men a life skill, a skill that, that would most likely come from a male figure that they, that, they're, that they don't have, such as how to change a tire, check tire pressure, how to use uh, tools properly and safely, hammer, drill. Uh, we teach etiquette classes, all these types of things that we teach in the second half of the evening. Every Tuesday is something different, and it's very practical. How to fill out a job resume, and that's important, uh, the, the stewardship of making money. So we've had several testimonies. Just one that comes to mind is there was a gentleman there uh, who took the time to memorize a scripture that we gave them to uh, memorize for the summer. And uh, halfway through the program, there was a lot of boys there, and so I obviously talked to all of them, but some of them uh, th- uh, are, you tend to connect to have more things in common with others, and mm-hmm. that's why you ha- we have several counselors. We have several volunteers. Well, there was one particular gentleman that I just didn't have a chance to talk to much throughout the summer, and then toward the end, the gentleman that was bringing him the whole time, I just assumed it was his dad or his mm-hmm. uncle or somebody relative to him. Come to find out, the gentleman that was bringing him was just a uh, just a uh, guy that was trying to fulfill the role of a dad in his life, and the, and, the, and I started asking him, and the the young man actually didn't does not know his mom or his dad, and his mom actually dropped him off at a random person's house down the road. I say random; they knew each other, uh, but it wasn't there wasn't relatives or even that close of a friend. Dropped him off and skipped town, and then and they the both parents never looked back, never anything, and so this mm-hmm. sweet lady down the road begin to raise him, and then it was the son of that lady who brought him. And so he was just uh, uh, – he, he started off the program very shy, very withdrawn, uh, was not interested in, in most of the program to begin with. But by the time that we got toward the end of the program, the him being around other boys, being around godly men, he began to talk to me more, and he was the only one out of 30 that memorized all the scriptures and completed <laughs> the program mm-hmm. th- with, with the memorization. Of scripture. Praise God. Praise so. God. That's that's a neat testimony, Wesley. And a reminder of the fact that we live in a world that has so many problems and challenges mm-hmm. for young people especially. And to think a, a, a young person that has neither dad nor mom in their immediate life yet can be picked up and loved by the church and mm-hmm. mentored to come to know Christ and to begin to grow in the Lord. And God has plans for every one of these young people. Yeah. And thank God for tools and ministries like Men of Honor that can help to address that issue. Yeah. Wesley, would you specifically pray for the church to grow in their understanding of how high a priority it needs to be for us to really reach out to our young people, our youth in particular in our culture, and to just to, to really commit to being involved vitally in that work? I will do that. And right before I do, let me just encourage you that 
uh, yes, we want you to. Uh, well, we provided the resource by going to afa.net. We 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 got you that. However, you don't have to go there and download that. You can do this on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just we want to help you if you're somebody that needs some structure. You don't got to go there. We just want to encourage you, inspire you to uh, uh, to find young men in your church, in your community that need that discipleship and start mentoring them. Carry so, out the Great Commission. They right. carry out the Great Commission. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I just pray, Lord, that as we discuss men of honors, Lord, that you'll continue to remind us of your word and what you've commanded us to do, Lord. And that is in one place, 2 Timothy 2, 2, that you've told us that whatever we've heard in the presence of many witnesses, you've entrusted to us to be faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so we pray that that's exactly what we will do at Men of Honor, that we will fulfill that mission and much more, Lord, that you've called us to do. I pray that you would draw many people here to our local headquarters to be a part of Men of Honor this summer. Um, I also pray for the curriculum, wherever it lands in whatever state and community, Lord, that it would be everything, Lord, that you intended to be and that we tried for it to be. Lord, I also ask, Lord, for the those that are listening, Lord, that they would be inspired, motivated, Lord, in the local church and the individuals of the church, Lord, that make up the church, Lord, that they would be uh, conscientious and aware and, and, and be um, to intentional about looking and seeing where there's a need to disciple children, specifically young men, who don't have that. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Father, I do thank you for programs and outreaches such as Men of Honor and others that are out there that are making it a priority to reach out, to share the gospel with young people, and to help them to begin to grow and grow strong in their walk with the Lord. Lord, help us to grow in our understanding of the need for this to be a high priority in the work of the church. And help us to know, Lord, that we can do this individually as families, as well as churches and even groups of people that just love the Lord. Help us to know, Lord, that this is a part of carrying out the Great Commission, and all of us have a part. Help us to be faithfully about our Father's business in doing this work. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Wesley, would you share with the listeners one more time the website to get more information again? Yes, you can find about the local event by going to afa.net slash event. Or you can get the curriculum by going to afa.net and clicking the tab Resource Center. Wesley, hope you all have a great program this summer. I appreciate that. I'm sure we will. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for being with us. We'll be right back. I am 
see me the song simply entitled hungry thanks for listening to the hour of intercession here on american family radio again we were grateful to have in the first segment uh wesley wildman vice president of outreach here at the american family association sharing about the ministry men of honor a young men's discipleship and mentoring program and outreach just a way in in of encouragement to our listeners you may or may not live in the community where you can plug young people into this project. If you are able to, hope that you can. But if not, if the Lord is placing on your heart to begin to do this kind of thing in your community, please listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, keep in mind, every believer is called to the work of discipleship. And it's important that we really look for opportunities. That's our command, the Great Commission is to go into all the world and make disciples. And we start with ourselves. We are called to be disciples, believers who live in close fellowship relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And also then once we come to know the Lord and are walking with the Lord, we're to teach our children and our family members. We're to encourage them and disciple them as well. But then we're to reach out and seek the Lord's wisdom for ways to reach out to others. So whether it be starting a mentoring ministry from your home or through your local church. Uh, But look for opportunities to carry out the Great Commission. That's so important. And I would say this before we get into the reading of Scripture for this and the last segment of the broadcast. But, you know, to every single listener, I would both encourage you and challenge you to look for this specific kind of opportunity in particular, the opportunity to have either your child, maybe your grandchild, maybe a nephew or a niece, or maybe just a young person that you know, either in person or on the telephone, but having them to read God's Word out loud to you every single day. Again, the task of having a child to read Scripture out loud to you is a powerful discipleship tool. Many children have no one asking them or encouraging them to read God's Word every single day. Nothing will bless our children more than the powerful Word of God. And if you set up a discipleship opportunity whereby you have a young person, again, either in person or by phone, to read the Word of God out loud to you every day. Remember, reading three chapters, again, doesn't take a long time at all. Maybe 12 to 15 minutes. If they're shorter chapters, it might be the same chapter three times over. But having them to read to you, is an activity that can bless them tremendously, but also it's a fun activity. Anytime you have a child or youth that reads God's Word out loud to you, it will bless the child tremendously, but also Christian men and women will have a lot of fun doing this too. How do I say, why do I say that? Because the Spirit of God will cause the joy of the Lord to be working in your life as you simply listen to a precious young boy or girl read the eternal Word of God out loud to you. So I would encourage you to prayerfully ask God to give you that opportunity. 
Again, grandparents, having your children, grandchildren to read to you over the phone if you don't live close by. A great opportunity to interact with them. But also remember they're reading the life-changing eternal word of God to you as well. Think of ways to give them incentive to do it. But do it. It'll bless them. It'll bless you. It's a way whereby you, yes, it's a form of discipleship, having them to plant God's word in their hearts. And it'll bless everyone involved. I hope that you'll prayerfully ask God to help you to get involved in doing that. Father, thank you for this opportunity. Stir every single listener to listen to you clearly about exactly who they should pursue to have them to read your word out loud to them. And help us, Lord, to make up, to, to look for opportunities, to find opportunities to have children and youth to read to us, again, either in person or by phone. But help us to know, Lord, there's great benefit, great blessing, great fruit that will result in the lives of the children and the listeners as well as they simply take time to do that. Thank you for that opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, we continue now for the balance of this segment and the last reading through the Word of God as we pick up now in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 43, beginning at verse 1. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came to pass when they had eaten up the grain which they had brought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little food. But Judah spoke to him, saying, The man solemnly warned us, saying, you shall not see my face unless, unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. And Israel said, Why did you deal so wrongfully with me as to tell the man whether you had still another brother? But they said, the man asked us pointedly about ourselves and our family, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? And we told him according to these words, Could we possibly have known that he would say, Bring your brother down? Then Judah said to Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and you and also our little ones. I myself will be surety for him from my hand. You shall require him if I do not bring him back to you and set him before you. Then let me bear the blame forever. For if we had not lingered, surely by now we would have returned this second time. And their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best fruits of the land in your vessels and carry down a present for the man, a little balm and a little honey, spices and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and arise, go back to the man, and may God Almighty give you mercy before the man that he may release your brother, and Benjamin. If I am bereaved, I am bereaved. So the, men took their, so the men took that present and Benjamin, and they took double money in their hand, and arose and went down to Egypt. And they stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Take these men to my house, and slaughter an animal, 
and make ready, for these men will dine with me at noon. Then the man did as Joseph ordered, and the man brought the men into Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money which was returned in our sacks the first time that we are brought in, so that we so that he may make a case against us and seize us to take us as slaves with our donkeys. When they drew near to the steward of Joseph's house, they talked with him at the door of the house and said, O oh, sir, we indeed came down the first time to buy food, but it happened when we came to the encampment that we opened our sacks, and there each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full weight. So we have brought it back in our hand, and we have brought down other money in our hands to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. But he said, Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. So the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet. And he gave their donkeys feed. Then they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon. For they heard that they would eat bread there. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present, which was in their hand into the house, and bowed down before him to the earth. Then he asked them about their well-being, and said, Is your father well, the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they answered, Your servant our father is in good health. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads down and prostrated themselves. Then he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your younger brother? Is this your younger brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Now his heart yearned for his brother. So Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep. And he went into his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out. And he restrained himself and said, Serve the bread. So they set him a place by himself and them by themselves. And the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. And they sat before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked in astonishment at one another. Then he took servings to them from before him, but Benjamin's serving was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Genesis chapter 44. And he commanded the steward of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Also put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest, and his grain money. So he did according to the word that Joseph had spoken. As soon as the morning dawned, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys. When they had gone out of the city and were not yet far off, Joseph said to his steward, Get up, follow the men, 
and when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid, why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one from which my Lord drinks and with which he indeed practices divination? You have done evil in so doing. So he overtook them and he spoke to them these same words. And they said to him, Why does my Lord say these words? Far be it from us that your servants should do such a thing. Look, we brought back to you from the land of Canaan the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks. How then could we steal silver or gold from our Lord's house? With, whom, with whomever of your servant it is found, let him die, and we also will be my Lord's slaves. And he said, Now also let it be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my slave, and you shall be blameless. Then each man speedily let down his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. So he searched. He began with the oldest and left off, and left off with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and each man loaded his donkey and returned to the city. So Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, and he was still there, and they fell before him on the ground. And Joseph said to them, What deed is this you have done? Did you not know that such a man as I can certainly practice divination? Then Judah said, What shall we say to my Lord? What shall we speak? Or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the, iniqu the iniquity of your servants. Here we are, my Lord's slaves, both we and he also with whom the cup was found. But he said, Far be it from me that I should do so. The man in whom, the man in whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. And as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah came near to him and said, O my Lord, please let your servant speak a word in my Lord's hearing, and do not let your anger burn against your servant, for you are even like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a child of his old age, who is young. His brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may set my eyes on him. Verses 1 through 21, Genesis chapter 44. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we continue reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Revelation song. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We continue now in the New Testament as we're reading through the Word of God as we pick up in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisee, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce to put her away? He said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man and his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, All cannot accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born thus from their mother's womb, and there are eunuchs who were made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He who is able to accept it, let him accept it. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one. That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I've kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard, excuse me, assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last and the last first. Matthew chapter 20. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. They complained against the landowner, saying, these last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Now Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples aside on the road and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, 
kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said to him, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, Son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What do you want me? What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. Matthew chapter 21. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we've been reading through the Word of God. Our ongoing encouragement to you is that if you don't already have the habit of reading at least three chapters in the Bible each day, that might be the same chapter three times over or three different chapters, but if you don't have that habit, we're encouraging you to start that habit today. As we normally do, before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you know you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and you desire to be saved today, we invite you, would you simply pray this prayer with me today and ask Christ into your heart so that you can be saved and know him as your Lord and Savior. Would you pray this prayer with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so very much that you came to this world a very long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all of my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. 
Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. Lord, you told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, and gave your life to Christ. We'd like to be in touch with you. We want to hear from you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you to send to you some literature and resources that'll help you to begin to grow and grow strong and deep in you, in the new relationship you have with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, the email joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.